Hello and welcome back to Travel Day. It is episode 16. Back from our uh, three-week hiatus as we enjoyed our winter break here from Buena Vista. Um, I'm Jackson Van Pelt here with Nolan Faber. Uh, we're going to keep it kind of short today. We got the uh, quick coverage of just the Iowa and Iowa State Bowl games because it was bad for both teams. We've got our championship preview as that game comes out or comes out is being played tonight between Washington and Michigan. We'll have a little bit of Iowa and Iowa State basketball recap, and then we'll look at some MLB free agency and trade stuff. Um, we mentioned last episode we are going to go division by division. We are not going to do that because there's just quite literally not enough going on in each division to do that right now. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of do the headliners, if you will. Mm-hmm. So A lot of teams not doing a lot. Yeah, exactly. And so one team doing everything. Doing everything. <laughs> Dodgers. So we're going to get right into it here in just a second. So we're going to move into our football segment, and um, I'm just going to start off with Iowa's bowl game against Tennessee, losing that one 35 nothing, I believe, wasn't it? I don't it, even know. Yeah, I lost it, count. It was 35 nothing, And, and um, it was awful. I, I don't have much to say. It was just a great, it was just picture-perfect way for the uh, Brian Ferentz era to end. As he well didn't as, do anything different. You no. would think, last game. The game doesn't matter. Just do something. And he didn't do anything. No. Neither did Deacon Hill. Deacon Hill actually uh, turned the ball over just as much as he usually does. So yeah. I, I think Deacon Hill's a great guy. I hope he never takes another snap for Iowa, to be honest. So no. I, I really mean, hope. It was good to see a different quarterback back it there was. that, it was that good could to actually see, do yep. something. It was good to see Marco get in there. In, I um, think what he played, what, two series? Yeah. He, he led the team in rushing yards. Kid, yeah, I was say, 50-something yards. Kid can run the ball, give him that much. The passing was a little shaky, but he doesn't get enough reps. So, like, what do you expect? Yeah. But I, on that note, I am excited uh, for next season for this team just because we're getting a lot of defensive players back, getting a new O.C., uh, basically everyone's coming back um, for the most part except for DeGene, which you can't blame the kid. He's going to be a first-rounder. But you're getting like Nick Jackson, you're getting Jay Higgins, all these other guys, um, um, Mari Harris. The Cooper kid. The Cooper kid. Or the corner, whatever his name is, 29. Sebastian. Oh, Castro. Castro. Yep, yeah. Castro's coming back. That was a huge one. I did not actually expect him to come back, so that's awesome. Uh, waiting on a few more others, hopefully, but uh, we also got Lachey on the offensive side. So I think uh, with the right OC hire and Ferentz, uh, it's not so much the OC hire. It's, it's Kirk. It, it's, it's it, Kirk. Does Kirk change things? I think. I think if they hire the right person that Kirk respects, I think they will. So I'm just excited to see what happens next season. So yeah. we'll get into uh, Iowa State, I guess, because that's yeah. really all I have on Iowa. Um, Iowa State. I mean, they put a, they lost 36-26. The offense, passing offense, looked fantastic. I mean, Rocco had all of our total yards. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't rush. We had a total rushing yards of zero. And yes, yeah, that, that was, was due surprising. to the fact of the offensive line taking four massive steps backwards mm-hmm. from all the progress they had throughout the season the last five weeks they were looking really good as a line we were actually starting to do something texas game's an outlier texas just manhandled us the entire They're game up front fantastic defensive yes. line so but i mean only being able to get abusama four yards on the ground yep is something that we have to look at and they did look at we already got a transfer lineman from wisconsin which i'm really happy about just because he's got the big 10 pedigree mm-hmm we also filled out the running back room with the Eastern Michigan running back. He looks pretty I've good. I've seen a lot of great things yeah. about reports about him. I mean that Mac, I mean the defense is going to be a little different from the Mac yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. but um could potentially get an Ohio State transfer, former high school teammate of Rocco Beck. They're working out back in Florida over break, which saw some clips of that. Sweet. Um but I'm most excited for next year is we just know the defense is going to be tough mm-hmm. in that league with John Hancock. But I mean the core you have with Rocco, Jay Higgins, and Jalen Knoll 
and then Benjamin Bramer for your passing threats, that is going to be a lethal combination next year. I think Iowa State's headed in the right direction. I think both Iowa teams have a very good chance of being very, very good next year. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of, I mean, just for the state itself, you want to see both try to make a playoff yeah. push with that 12-team format next yeah. year. So. And especially Iowa State's kind of got a weak schedule next year. It's not as strong as it was this year. Okay. And they have more home games for conference games, which is nice. That so. is nice. I'm really thinking next year could be a chance where we actually push for a ten win se- or for his ten win season. Yeah, as long as you don't play Ohio, right? Yeah, at Ohio, yeah. <laughs> but I think ten ten wins is a real possibility. I would agree with that. Um, I think Memphis did play a great game there. I, they were actually a really good team. I was yeah. really surprised by them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was too. Their offense was a lot better than I thought it'd be. The defense played better too. I I would get I would guess, but I think they just figured out our scheme was to run it on first down every time, and yep. when you do the same thing over and over, it's not going to work. Exactly. I'm going to move into the championship game playing tonight between Michigan and Washington. Um, I'm very excited for this game. It's exactly who I wanted in the championship. I wanted mm-hmm. Alabama to lose, and I love what Washington does. Now I want Michigan to lose as an Iowa fan. So yeah. I think I think it's going to be very difficult for Washington to win this one. I'm assuming Michigan's favored. Yeah, favored yep. by five and a half. So okay. they're expecting a t- at least a touchdown win for Michigan, which, which I, I, I could see. really see as well. Michigan's defense is legit, mm-hmm. legit. They played very, very well against Alabama, yes. and Washington has played some really tough defenses this year too. I mean, yeah. Oregon's no slouch of a defense. That's still a highly right. touted defense. Um, don't count USC, but like Utah's a really good defense. There's some good defense at the Pac-12 that may have prepared them enough for this. My defense, right, right. and my, but my biggest my biggest thing is you have to stop Michigan's offense as Washington's defense. That's the thing I'm kind of the most concerned about. I think the thing Washington has to do is stop the run game. Yeah, you have to stop Corum. 100%. Yes, because if you stop him, you gotta make McCarthy you, throw. Makes McCarthy throw, which he's not bad at. Obviously, he's not but. bad, but that's not who they like to rely on. Right. Um, but if you're not stopping Blake Corum, this could be in the Ohio State game where McCarthy only throws it eight times. Right. Because he doesn't have to throw it. Right. They can just run it down their mouth. And then Washington is going to have to counter with probably at least 400 yards through the air. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really good matchup. I really don't want to blow out like we've had like we had last mm-hmm. year or anything like that. I want a good game. I um, like a good high-scoring game. I think... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. A lot um, of points here. And, and I think that's... I mean, it's exciting. And, I mean, the fact that Texas almost pulled it out against Washington, I think, is crazy I, I turned that game off too because i thought yeah, there was no way did. a lot of people was, did and yeah. then i get the update that oh they got the ball inside the 10 or whatever yep. i was watching i was I, I was like watching youtube i had it on the background because i didn't change the channel yeah i was watching and YouTube, just think if quinn yours like, oh. just throws it that back shoulder just, on a dart i was gonna say touchdown. all he had to do was throw a bullet pass to the pylon front pylon yeah. he, he didn't even have to throw though anyway. dude doesn't play a lot of madden anyway <laughs> side note uh, as sports fans and video game enthusiasts okay we've got Hopefully, it sounds like rumors is that we've got a release date coming for the next NCAA football game during mm-hmm. the championship game, which and I've heard last... is July. But yeah, I've also heard just like midsummer sometimes. So which June, would be July. Fine. Earlier the better for me personally, because yeah. I want that game in my hands now. Mm-hmm. It's I gonna mean, be really fun. The last one they made, NCAA fourteen, I think is the greatest sports game of all time. I've never played it, unfortunately. I only have NCAA twelve just because I didn't play enough back on the in my day on the PS three. Yeah. So that's okay. I'm, I'm just kind of sad my mom sold out a garage sale for ten bucks. Yeah, dude, that <laughs> that is so depressing, actually. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now if I want to get it back, I gotta pay two. Gotta pay for yeah, hundred and two hundred. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, stay with us as we're gonna get into basketball here in just a sec.
So we're going to move into our basketball segment here. Um, we're going to start with Iowa, and we're going to start with the women's. Lots of games since our last episode. Let's see, two, four, five games. So I guess not a lot. Mostly but, on the women's side, yeah. Yeah. Iowa goes 5-0 and in that stretch against Cleveland State, Loyola Chicago, Minnesota, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Michigan State came down to the, to the buzzer beater by Caitlin Clark. Um, was a really good, great shot, obviously, and um, was fun to watch. That I mean, Twitter was blowing up. A lot of people were... Uh, we're loving it. Some people were hating it, and, and that's just going to yeah. come with anyone who's talented. And yeah, you know, whatever. And two plus, she gets a lot of hate for the way she acts too. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I mean, and I saw this thing on Twitter where there was some post on Cyclone Fanatic about the way she acts or something, and then someone else responded with something about expecting women to behave differently than men do, or something because yeah. it doesn't seem because which I was like, you know what? Maybe they're right because like yeah. The men, the men, the men complain do, a lot. Yeah, they do, and they get showboaty and all that jazz, mm-hmm. and it to, is what it is. To me, it's like the only thing I don't like about her attitude is when she complains all the time. Yeah, and, I don't, I, and that I, goes right. for everybody in every sport I watch. Right, if right, you right. complain, I'm not gonna like you. I don't like that when the men, Iowa men's team does that. No, so yeah, I, that, that, I agree with you there. It's it's that's a that's a sport wide thing. Yeah, but the latest game, the Rutgers game, Iowa wins that one 103 to 69. Uh, Clark with a triple double. But I think the biggest thing here is that there was the complimentary basketball shown through in this game with 103 points. Kate Martin was 17 points of her own. Gabby Marshall with 12. Hannah Stolke getting that start with 10 points. And then um, Molly Davis also with eight. Um, five assists from Davis uh, as well as Kate Martin. And then off the bench of Fulter with 10 points and 10 rebounds. So, I mean, this team this team's looking good. They're now number three in the AP. Moving up one spot. Starting um, to click a little bit. They are starting to click, and um, I think they're a scary, scary team because they're getting better. That's yeah. the biggest thing, and that's what you want to see. Out of a young team like right, this. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to move into the men's now. Same kind of thing. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five games as well for the men since our last episode. Uh, the men go 4-1, and one, uh, wins against Florida A&M, UMBC, Northern Illinois, and Rutgers, and then that loss against 21-ranked Wisconsin. I, I did watch a little bit of the Wisconsin game. They just—I mean—they were just out outperformed, out talented. I mean, it is what it is. I mm-hmm. think Wisconsin's a good team. It's a very good Big Ten this year for the most part. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna be—I mean, I think if they let's see if they see him again. I think they do. They do see him again next. Uh. Uh. When is that? That is February. Okay. So mid February they see Wisconsin again. That's at home at Carver. Wisconsin ranked fifteenth now. Could it be a different story? It could be. I mean, you it play another be. team again, and you play them at home. Yeah. I mean, but I you mean, know, but the way this team's going, they're so inconsistent. It's, it's that's the problem we're running into right now. Yeah. Um. For instance, this last game, this Rutgers game, um, eighty-six seventy-seven win. The reason that we're we're winning these games like this is because Peyton Peyton Sanford twenty-four points, yeah. right? Cricky with nineteen. Freeman with the start and fifteen points, and then fifteen for Tony Perkins, and then Dix with seven. Those are your starters. Every all but Dicks are in double digits, and I mean, let's look at the rebounds. He got Cricky with a double double with ten. He had Peyton with eight, and he had four from both Freeman and Dicks. And then Perkins only had the two. But it's, it's amazing what you can do when your forwards are physical down low. Exactly. So they have to. They just don't seem to have that consistency right now. Where it feels like, and yeah. I don't remember exactly what game it was. It might have been that Wisconsin game, honestly. Perkins was popping off, getting a lot of points and things. Yeah. No one was there to help him. Yeah. Nobody. And I think Peyton, I think, had a really good first half, and then he, he got I think he, he got started. Quiet. He started, I think, three for three from from the three point line, yeah, and then ended yeah, going zero for eight the rest of the game. Yeah, so he got 
he he's done that a couple times this year. I feel like Peyton yeah. has where he gets really cold. It, it doesn't even it's not even necessarily first to second half. It's just one half he's really good and the other half he's just not. Yeah. So I don't know where that disconnect is. But it was games like this where he clicks the entire game against Rutgers that we need to see more often. Yeah. And I think if they do that, if they find that consistency, um, I think they'll be a lot better. I didn't actually get to really watch this game because I was uh, doing stuff. What I saw on Twitter is that there seemed to be a lot more energy from the bench and from the team mm-hmm. itself during this and, Rutgers game. And that's game. what they need. That's what they And you could tell just watching them on TV the last couple games before that well, they were kind of like, eh. Well, here's the thing. I don't think McCaffrey played. He did not, no. That could be the really big thing. He did have an illness, I believe, uh, for this game. So maybe, I don't know. I mean, let's see, this Wisconsin game, did he play the Wisconsin game? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, he did. And he, uh, if I, I I think he should be a bench guy. I think this, I think these are your, I think this Rutgers game, I think these are your top five starters. I'm I'm not going to lie. I think Peyton, I think, I think Dix could, I, yeah, I think I think you got to put Dix in there. I mean, Dix and Bowen may be interchangeable. Yeah. Maybe one of those two. One of those two guys are more of your yeah. more general types. I prefer, they're not looking to score right. like Perkins is. I would prefer Dix probably over Bowen personally, but I mean, like I said, they're interchangeable. But you need yeah. Peyton out there. You need Cricky out there. You have to have Owen Freeman out there. Mm-hmm. The way he's playing, good lord, that kid's gonna be good. And then Tony Perkins is your leader, and he's he's actually having a pretty good season. So yeah. I know I was kind of a doubter on him maybe early, but I mean, he's he's playing the way he should be playing yeah. as a senior or fifth year or whatever it and is. And again, it goes to the consistency. He's being consistent. Right, exactly. And that's what you got to see out of a out of a guy like that. So uh, the women on the rise, men, I don't know. Kind of stagnant. They're, they're, they're kind of, they're it's like a roller coaster right now, up and down, up and down. And yeah. I would like to see them kind of, yeah, exactly. Say a little bit steadier. Um, it's not like the big up and downs. It's more like right. small up and downs where it kind of looks like a straight line, but you got to mm-hmm. zoom in to see the ups and downs. <laughs> Um, they, the men have Nebraska at home um, on the 12th, which is Friday, and then they'll, they'll be at Minnesota after that. The women have Purdue at Purdue. That is Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and then they'll have 14th-ranked Indiana at Carver-Hawkeye Arena on the 13th, which is Saturday. That's a night game as well. So I think that'll be a, a good game there against that Indiana team. So. Mm-hmm. What do you got for uh, Iowa State here? The women are on a hot streak right now, man. These freshmen are really starting to be used to the speed of the game. Um, I think the really big part of this, though, um, Emily Ryan is finally back for Iowa State. She's playing limited minutes off the bench, but when she comes in, the pace of the game slows down. It seems like everyone's more confident, and you can just tell when the pressure comes up and she's in, she's able to slow it down quickly, get everyone where they need to be. They're 3-0 in conference to start the year, beating Oklahoma State on the road, 76-68, beat Kansas at home, 69-61, and beat BYU on the road, 80-75. to They're looking really good. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of freshmen are starting to step up now, starting to make more and more shots each game. Audie Cooks is still doing her thing, 16 points a game right now. Addie Brown is starting to become a real star for this Iowa State team that they've had over the past yep. couple of years, like Ashley Jones and others like her before. They're all doing the right thing right now, um, and that BYU game was Bill Finley's 600th career win with nice, Iowa nice. in his career. So really good to see that out of him. Really nice dude. Other than that, I'm just really happy with the way they're playing. Um, it's nice to see the freshmen finally starting to stick and get were they in that rhythm. I saw that were they last four in or first four out. Um, right now, the they women. might be. They were one of the two. I couldn't. One of the two. I haven't seen that. So. I, I don't know, but um, so I, which is surprising for what I preseason mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be at. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to make. I was maybe that last four in type thing, or like an NIT type tournament. Right. But I mean, having Emily Ryan back helps a lot. I think they have the chance of 
being not necessarily that first four, and I think they could be yeah, they, they could be better than that. Just implemented there, like around that yep. eight to ten seed exactly. range. Yep. This week they got West Virginia and Baylor at home on Wednesday the tenth, and then Saturday the thirteenth. Two ranked teams at home. I would expect good crowds. They usually get good crowds. Um, Baylor game's gonna be tough. That would be a really good kind of see where they're at type yeah. thing with that upper competition. Yeah. So top I mean, competition. That's. Yeah. Not expecting a win out of that one, but that West Virginia game I think will be a really good one. Yep. Going over to the men's side, um, finished out the non-con with Florida A&M, Eastern Illinois, New Hampshire, all three wins. No real reason to talk about them. They should have won. <laughs> they did win. Um, it's all good. And then good. played Oklahoma on Saturday, uh, number 11 Oklahoma in Norman, lost 71-63. It was back and forth pretty much the entire game totally on the scoreboard, but yeah. it didn't feel that way as a fan. Okay. It felt like we were down – six to ten points the entire game really it was it was just that confidence field to where like you could pull away in this one mm-hmm. and they did it in the end i mean they kept it close the entire yeah. game it was very physical refs like to blew the whistle in this one for both sides okay but i mean it was on espn plus so i can watch yeah it. and king lacour was announcing and he is not good <laughs> former baylor player oh and they were blowing a lot of smoke up oklahoma's butts in this one not surprising as a ranked opponent. Yeah. I mean, the their McCollum guard, their freshman, acting like he was one of the best freshmen in the league. Um, <laughs> he was 6 of 16 and 3 of 10 from the field. Ooh. And every time he shot a basket, oh, what a shot, <laughs> even though he would miss. Or like we'd like get a stop or something. Oh, they stopped a very athletic guard from this guy oh from Oklahoma. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. It was it was not a good announcer's crew, I should say that way. Um, Probably why they're on ESPN+. Plus, yeah. The non-con really did not help i think they gotta play some tougher opponents yeah i would agree with that mm-hmm. and that was a conversation i had with my mom actually that they yeah. hadn't played anybody and now you're jumping right no, into Oklahoma. i mean i mean you look at the first five a bunch of technically nobodies with vcu in there you barely scrapped that one out mm-hmm. then you lose to virginia tech a team you should have beat yep and then you blew a 20 point lead or something against texas a&m, A&M. and yep. it's what are you going to expect and then they go on that six game road trip not playing a bunch of good teams, and then they play the their first road test, and they lose, and they don't look comfortable at all. And you're going to have to figure out a way to be comfortable with these better teams yeah, into the Big 12. Especially because it was a quick turnaround, because we host Houston, who's number two in the country as of today, tomorrow. And it's going to be a sold-out crowd. Yep. First time for Houston and Hilton. Hopefully Hilton Magic does his thing, because mm-hmm. we're really going to need it. it. <laughs> we're really going to need it. But, I mean, other than that, it's going to be a tough schedule. Yep. Um, I saw a thing where the top top strength of schedules for the rest of the year in conference play, the top 14 teams were all Big 12. Hmm. And Iowa State was number one in that list. Jeez. So it's going to be a tough sled here. So hopefully boosting our computers' numbers in the non-con helps us get to a NCAA tournament here if things don't pan out the way yeah, we think they say, can. I think you're going to start winning some games for sure. Yeah. Well, stick with us as we're going to get into our MLB trade segment here in a second. We're going to move on to our MLB trade and free agency segment. Um, we're just, we got a couple of uh, bullet points of just kind of the headline, we feel headliners um, recently. So um, let's start it off. Yesterday, Teoscar Hernandez signing a one year deal with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and the Dodgers continue to add. I yes. mean, and this, every was a, this was a big need that they needed, too. It was kind of funny that the day before they signed Teoscar Hernandez, Andrew Freeman even said in an interview, like, 
we still need a right-handed bat that can crush lefties and hold his own against righties. And what do they do the next day? They get they go out and get the best left-handed hitting right-handed bat since 2020. And he's on a one-year deal, semi-cheap. $23 million, yeah, kind of a test your yep. waters type thing. It really gives this team the right-handed bat they needed, which we've needed for a while mm-hmm. since Justin Turner left. Right. He's going to fit in nicely. I think he'll be fine. I think, I think it, he'll do well. I think this leads to Chris Taylor eventually getting traded, I which they need to trade. So. I mean, you I just, can't have a two twelve hitter who hits five home runs a year, who's barely on the field, getting thirty million a year for the or thirty million dollars for the next two years. Dodgers need to win the World Series with the way they're doing things. Just saying. I know you said, oh, it depends on the pitching health. It does depend on the pitching health. It's like, well, dude, that depends. That's 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 the health of every team, though. Yeah. At that point, so. But the as Dodgers much, have been as much really, money as you're spending. Yeah. Like, come on. But they've also been really unlucky the past few years with injuries when it comes close to postseason time. Well, you figure it out. I don't know. Get a better physical therapist or something. Anyway, another big one that we saw, which was kind of surprising, kind of came out of the blue, um, was a Chris Sale to the Braves trade for Vaughn Grisham and I think maybe one other guy in some cash. Yeah. And then they go on the next day to extend Sale for two years or three years. The extension was. was the weird part. Yeah. I don't... That was the weird part. I I don't... I mean, it's great for the Braves. It's, go, it's good for both teams. It's, but like, it's really good for both teams. But... Yes. It just surprised me, I guess, because I don't yeah. really know who the Red Sox are going to rely on in that rotation, per se. I, I don't know. I think with getting rid of Verdugo, that was a sign that, yep, they're going to they're gonna tank. Yeah. It's not good. They're going to sell everything. It, it's going to be a, we're going to get the young guys up, and we're going to play them, see how well they do, and we'll go from there. Yeah. But, I mean, Vaughn Grisham getting traded made a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. there he was, was really going to play. No, I mean, because he had, what, who's their shortstop? Arcia at short? I believe so. And then Albies at second? Yeah, yep. he didn't stand a chance. No. Um, but now it gives him to play second base every day for the Red Sox. And maybe him and Trevor Story just decide, hey, we're going to become the best duo in the middle <laughs> field this year and maybe shock everything and actually push each other to get better right. at, each pos- at their weaknesses and all that type of stuff. For Red Sox fans, I would expect a uh, rough next two or three years probably. Maybe not. Maybe I mean maybe they they come out of nowhere and yeah. do something crazy. There's another there's another big free agency class next year. So right, they could right. do some things. They could maybe. Yeah. But this year's not looking too good. No. Should we talk about like the Chris Sale part of it? I mean, Sale makes sense. I mean, the Braves have been bolstering their pitching for yes. however long. But to me, it's the extension. How how well, old they're going to they're, they're lose Strider though, aren't they? At some point, maybe not this year, but the next year, two years. Okay, Chris Sale's thirty four. Okay, so he's. Yeah, he's, he's on the downhill of his prime. Yeah, but he's a pitcher. It's yeah. different than from a position But player. he's been hurt for the past three years. They do take a chance on that. Yes. I will agree. And that's why I didn't really agree with the extension, because are you going to pay him for... The extension goes into this year, right? So they just have yep. him this year next year. Yep, I believe so. Is he going to get you 150, 180 innings? No. Uh, they're trying to bank on it, I guess. Or maybe not bank on it. I mean, he's going to be what? He's going to be second, third in the rotation? Second, probably third, third, third behind Strider and Freed. Oh yeah, Freed. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're spending the money. They're or not the money, but they're yeah. they're trading away a piece that they probably needed to get rid of anyway, yeah. and they decided to use it on a guy they think can yeah. help them. I mean, and when he, when Chris Sale's on the mound, he's he's a really good pitcher. Right. No discouraging that at all. And he's going to strike out a lot of guys. He I think just he's has got to stay on the mound. Yes. And will <sighs> he do that? His history shows no. But Maybe. things could change. But there's also that thing where, you know, a guy will leave a team and he'll end up being healthier longer. Ooh, gosh, sorry. Longer than he was on other it's teams. It's like the new 
destination type thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's it. just it could just be it could be like change routine scene, program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, you just don't know. So um, another kind of interesting one was Robbie Ray to the Giants for Mitch Hanniger and Anthony Desclafini. Desclafani, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sure. Why not? The Giants are making some different moves as I well. Mean, they're trying to not be in second place for everybody in this free agency class, yeah. so they're I trying mean, to trade now. Yeah. I don't really know if I love this for them. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, he Robbie Ray was good in 21. Uh, posted the lowest yeah. ERA in the AL that year. I think that was a Cy Young. Hanager gets to go yeah, back to the Cy Young. Mariners. So yeah. That's nice, I guess. When he's healthy, he throws a lot of innings. Right. He got hurt last year. He's coming off Tommy John. Yeah. Is he worth both of those guys is my thing, I guess. Like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, yeah. he's got a career ERA of four. So, yeah. like, what are you really getting? Are you hoping to get the Cy Young year out of him? But he's also coming off Tommy John. How's that going to affect him? Well, I don't think you have enough pieces around him to yeah. make it matter. I, don't I know, think the but, big reason for this trade was someone that they hopefully, when they face the Dodgers and he's in there in that spot to start in that mm-hmm. series, yeah, could be difficult. But I, I think his last six starts against the Dodgers, he's got like an eight ERA or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You're still going to have a good Diamondbacks team too, so you're not. Yeah. It's not going to like Dodgers aren't your only. That's the thing is Dodgers no. aren't the only concern anymore. No, because the Diamondbacks are that Rockies are obviously aren't going to be getting good. No, Rockies aren't. The Padres, good. Padres could be. Could be. Who knows? You know, it depends on what they do. They haven't done anything really. We think everyone thinks they're going to win 100 games, complete, and then they go out and win 81. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and Snell's going to. Yeah. I would think Snell would walk, so they're not going to have Snell. Luckily, it, he's going to walk because if he wasn't, he would have resigned by now. I would agree. They would have yeah. found out You're something right. to sign it right. by now. Yeah. I just think in the NL West that it's a race for second place. It should be. Yeah. I just don't think. <laughs> the Dodgers should be the best team there by far. It Dodgers be. might win 110. And will the next team win 93? Who knows? <laughs> you know what? Uh, since we covered some Dodgers stuff, we'll just cover some Cardinal stuff since I'm here. So we got, uh, I don't remember his first name now that, I, now that I'm trying to talk about it. Kittredge from the Rays, a bullpen arm that was badly needed for this Cardinals team, uh, traded for uh, Palacios, Richie Palacios, which makes a lot of sense. It's a good trade for us. I know people are not super happy with his age. Like again, yeah. doesn't matter. He's a but pitcher. I think if he if you fill a need, exactly, it's fine. exactly. And I think he's not, and he's, and he's not bad. Like he's had a good ERA the last two years or last year. I mean, he he's fine. He's a good solid bullpen arm that we needed. And if Geo if Geo Gallegos has a good year, if Helsley is is back to prime form, that's a really dangerous bullpen I mean, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And plus, this dude as a Reliever three six five is a really good career as yeah. a reliever. Yeah, so he's got some dirty, dirty stuff. And Palacios was in a backlogged uh, outfield anyway. Yeah, I mean, I love the kid. He was awesome. He brought a lot of energy to the team, especially in those last two months where it was, you know, you knew everything was yeah. was awful, and so it was just grueling at that point. Mm-hmm. I know some people are sad about that or whatever, yeah. but like, it had to happen. We we needed the bullpen help. We needed the pitching. I think this puts us on a better trajectory. Do we still need a starting pitcher, in my opinion? Yes. Absolutely. I would love you to still see... still need a lot. I think you need a few hitters in that lineup as well. Hitters? We shouldn't need any hitters. No. there's. We shouldn't. If we, I mean, if we do... you got Jordan Walker. You've got Walker, Aaron Arenado, Goldschmidt. Yeah. Okay. Who else? Who else? Edmund is decent each year. He's not... I mean, he's going to be able to Could be. hit... He's going to be able to hit 265 and above. Okay. Likely. On-base percentage is going to be, you know, up there. Whatever. I honestly don't even know. Uh, Wilson Contreras is fine. He's a great offensive catcher. Didn't he get benched? 
that was that, defensive that, wise. It was defensive wise. He he still DH'd, and that right. was that was a pitching thing. Flaherty was they, it was a whole. So the pitchers didn't like him as a catcher. One one or two of them. Okay. And Flaherty's gone now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he came, he started catching again once Flaherty left. I don't know. I have to look at honestly the lineup. I don't even remember. Yeah. But um, they they were not bad offensively last year. So if we have the pitching help, I think we'll be fine. So I'm not worried about that. And so. the biggest thing with Kittredge too is, is he going to be healthy? Um, I hope so. 31 innings the last two years. So hmm. it's yeah. going to be tough. We'll see. I mean, hopefully they can keep him. Hopefully they can keep him healthy. But yeah. Well, that's all we've got for you guys today. Uh, this has been Travel Day Episode 16. We'll be sure to continue to try to get uh, weekly episodes out. Uh, we are both in baseball, so baseball is going to be starting up here in a few weeks. So it uh, just kind of depends on our schedule, but uh, we'll do our best to try to get these uh, these out. So with that being said, I have been Jackson Van Pelt here with Nolan Faber. Goodbye.